to this football club. Hello Cherries fans and welcome to episode 148 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and on this show we go over the weekend's 1-0 win at Oakwell as a Philip Billing header secured Bournemouth the three points at Barnsley. But to be fair, it wasn't a very convincing win. We hear all the post-match reaction from the free-for-all and then later on in the show we've got a chat with a commentating legend. Of course, next week, AFC Bournemouth will be playing Boreham Wood at home in the FA Cup, and we chat to iconic commentator Clive Tildesley. He's the man behind the mic on ITV on Sunday night. And we ask him, is the FA Cup still magic? We talk about his favourite cup commentaries, the disregarded ideas that he came up with that the FA didn't really warm up to, the least favourite gantries that he stood on during his career, and lots more besides. Clive Tildesley is coming up, but first, here's the fan reaction after that 1-0 win at Oakwell. Okay, here outside Oakwell... 1-0 1-0 against Barnsley, mate. I mean, I'm not being funny. We didn't exactly overpower them, did we, Billy? It wasn't the greatest of games, but at the end of the day, we got the goal. We got the goal in the end. Uh, three points over, you know, it, it's, it's a great feeling to have. Especially it's come a long way. The, the amount of fans we took today was fantastic. You know, overall, it was just a fantastic day out for me. And um, you know what? The fans were amazing today. You know what? There was, there was a lot of noise. And expecting about 500, we took about, we took about 900 today. You know what? Fair, fair play to everyone that came, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, Emiliano Marcondes at the end, though, he was fantastic. Come over to the fans, thanked us, gave me a hug, you know. Marcondes, I love you. He, he's an amazing player. And um, you know what? The game wasn't pretty. I'm not going to lie. The game, no. it wasn't 100% our very best. But at the end of the day, it's all about three points. We won the game. And you know what? I'll take it tonight. I'll take it. All right, mate. Billy, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you. Really Up the shows. Come on. Cheers, buddy. Thanks very much. Tommy J. Oh, no, come on. Hello, bud. How are you, mate? What's your name? Um, Luke. Luke. You've been on before, haven't you? Yes. Um, 1-0. We got the result. We got the three points. What do you think of the performance? Well, the performance weren't great, but it's, uh, I would still take... Um, the three points because it's three points at the end of the day and like when Blackburn um, they will have a bad run sometime soon and hopefully we get back to second or top of the league very soon Who's your man of the match today for Bournemouth? Man of the match I would have to say Billing I mean he was like he was on and off but still he got the goal what led us to the win so Nice yeah, pretty good, I'd say. Other cherries, mate. Other cherries. cherries. Hello, mate. Oh, my God. Well, you, you you could see the match today, could you? Well, the pillar was in the way again. I can show you, I can show you a picture. Not, not, not as bad as Luton Town, but pretty... Um, oh, mate, it's back to the same level. <laughs> that performance, mate. I mean, we got the win. We got the three points, but... Bellin was dodgy towards the end. Very, yeah. very dodgy. Yeah, I think it was him who played that pass towards our goal. And yeah. K had to take him out, but... 
can't feel it back at that, but that wasn't good. But yeah, onwards to next week, I guess, is the way you have to look at it. But, you know, in terms of performance levels, I'm sort of looking at it, and I thought we should be blowing this team away. We should have been 3 or 4 nil. Yeah. Especially in the first half, I thought we did, you know, pretty well, created chances. But, yeah. again, it's that eternal problem, isn't it? Put the ball in the back of the net, and just, a team like Fulham would have smashed him. Trying to pass it, then that's the problem, isn't we? We ain't trying to... You know, have a shot or anything from anywhere. Can't score from corners, but don't score headers. Has this made you feel any better? Because I thought this was the game that might make me feel yeah, yeah, better. Yeah, I thought it'd be the game that, you know, it turned things around and looked for a positive for it, but it was just nothing, was there? Yeah. <laughs> it was no. just a lucky goal to start. But yeah, yeah onwards to next Onwards and upwards. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Tom's here. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, come on. Tom's here coming up. Hello, mate. Adam Woodland, mate. How you doing? Mate, your brother's been giving Tom shit on Twitter. You, got, you, know, like you need to tell he's, him off. He, no, he's your number one fan. <laughs> he is. He's probably the number one subscriber, to be fair. Um, Adam, you're a, you're a man who tells it like it is. One nil, three points. That looks good. Performance-wise... Best of the season, wasn't it? No, it was um, not great, to be fair. Another game where we should have gone in at half-time, three or four up. Just not taking a chance at the moment, but can it get much worse? Can go back now, can't it? Surely. You think so, but I mean, they're bottom of the league. They've got so few points. Derby are like, you know, they're they're ahead of them, and Derby have had uh, minus twenty-one throughout the season. I, uh, Hull, I mean, like, this team aren't aren't great, Buzz. Like I said at halftime to one of the people on the group chat, they like they were like a Sunday league team in that first half. They were terrible. Couldn't pass. Couldn't do anything. But. I think we need some f- fresh faces. To be fair, I think it's got. I think they've all got comfortable. I think um, get a couple couple players in just to give them a bit of a boost. Really, I think we need it. Dom Stank needs to find his shooting boots again and push on. But I think signings are mu- a must now. I think we've got a we've got a we've got to push on now and try and get top two. I don't want to be disrespectful because Barnsley are in a horrible situation, but that second half was real poor for Bournemouth. It was probably the worst, worst second half. I thought the whole second half was terrible, but I think that's, that's up there for the worst performance probably in the years. I think it was, like I said, it felt like a pre-season game, that second half. We just sat there just doing nothing. And I think the highlight of that second half was our protest was louder than theirs. Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But we move on, don't we? We move, we move on. on. Cheers, Sam. Cheers, mate. Safe journey back, buddy. Cheers. We've got David here. Hello, mate. You all right? <laughs> I mean, you're happy with the points, but um, performance was a bit yeah hard um, work, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was I think it was Billings that scored. It was Billings or Solanke. Yeah, no, yeah, Billings had a yeah, yeah. Billings scored a header, and he never does. That. I know, but the wind was so bad. But the best, probably, well, probably I think the best player was Travers. He kept us in it. If if he didn't, if he was in goal, we would have lost. I don't know. Three, four, one. Yeah. Well, you know what? You make a good point because you know they had a number of chances, and Travers was in the right place at the I right know, time. So every he, single time, he made the saves look easy. But had he been anywhere no. else, you know what? They like, they kind of snuck it. Um, Gary Cahill was unlucky to get sent off, but no, really. you can't do a tackle like that. Two chances. That's. Uh, he was your man of the match today then, yeah, um, Travers, you say? Yeah, Travers. Um, Amazing. How, how does this leave you feeling ahead of, uh, you know, we're second in the league again now, brilliant. But no, third, I think. Are we, what did Blackpool win in the end? I think they drew. No, I, what are we? Blackpool drew. Say, so what are we? We're second. We're, oh, yeah, we're second, we're second. We yeah, oh. we're second. Yeah, we're second. Are we? Are we, oh, okay. or are we second 
third with the game in hand, Tom. Blackpool just equalised against Fulham. Blackpool just oh, equalised against yes. Fulham. You know what? That's I mean that's good. But anyway, um, one point off Blackburn. One point off Blackburn. There it goes, mate. You were right all along. Why do we doubt you? Um, so anyway, how does this leave you feeling ahead of? Um, some matches against Blackpool away, Birmingham at home. Yeah, I'm going to Blackpool. I'm going to Blackpool. I'm going to West Brom, April. Yeah. Because it because it was uh, yeah it was because we're be, in the yeah. cup. That's why we're not playing West Brom February. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Are we going to get promoted? Um. Yes. All right. Well, they, you said it, mate. You said it, mate. Thanks for coming on. We're going to bring Tom Tell on. Tom. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> Tom Jordan's here as well, and Tom Jordan's got his uh, pretty in pink. Tom Jordan, you right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at the scores then, and Blackpool, Fulham games obviously delayed. So Blackpool have equalised. Not that I think it really matters because I don't see us going anywhere near them with that performance. Um, The best thing about today was that um, obviously we got the three points, and um, Blackburn dropped two points. But um, performance-wise, bad. We talked to Barnsley fans before, weren't we, in the pub, and they were all very much like, you'll score at least five. And I'm yeah, thinking, honestly, three they nil, that four bad? Nil, five nil, yeah. And then I've watched it, I can see why they're saying that, because they they are really, really poor. Um, but, mate, Travis is still our best player, I thought. Um, oh, we've got a Bluebird coming through. Bluebird coach. Bluebird coach. The, you can pat Heather Pan to the coaches, say goodbye, see you later, boys. Girls. It is coach number two. Yeah, co- coach number two. Well, coming come on, just when just when the talent comes on the screen, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Have a um, coach number two. Let's watch pan. Out, watch out! Don't want to get run over by that. But those bad boys. There they go. Ah. Off they go. Um, so right. yeah, talk yeah. to me, mate. Talk to me. I mean, because it it wasn't great, eh? It wasn't. It was really poor. You, it, I hate I hate being despondent after a win because you think you know you've just got three points away from home. You should be really happy, but they were really poor. And I just thought we were sluggish, we were tedious, we were boring. Can't get it in the way. Cherry's Red Army's having a takeover. But yeah, it was, um, it, mate, it was, it was really poor. I mean, Billy's got a header, I suppose. I thought Pearson was good. I'll give him yeah. credit. I thought Pearson was good. And, but again, Travis is making saves to keep us in the game. Adam's trying to show me up. Um, but mate, it was, it, was, it was poor to watch, wasn't it? It was really, really a tough watch. We're very fortunate that they were really, really bad. Because any half-decent side has scored a couple there and we're losing the game. So... Yeah, take our medicine a little bit. We've got three points. We've got distraction of the cup next week. Get a few more bodies in, and we need to we need to address some things. Fortunately, Kale's suspension is only going to be for Borenwood, which he wouldn't have played in anyway. But he was he was poor at that. I mean, now he's getting ran ragged by them lot. I, I don't know, but worrying. Right. But we got over the line. You're going to pick Adam up so he can be. Go on, you, you put him on, on your him. shoulder. Go on, go on, do the. There you go, Adam Hensman. He's how more heavier than you look. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you okay. Uh, go on, what did you think of the game? Talk to me. What First away day. Very good. Not, not very good. But not the, not the second half, but the first half was really good. Yeah. Who's your man of the match today? Travers. Tra- Travers, says not the all. first person to have said that, says it all. Who is it who got uh, player of the season last season? Who's it, who got Begovic. Players? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it very could cardboard. Be, it could be I him again when you think about he's, it. <sighs> he's well heavy. All right, mate. Thanks very much. Kirk. Go on, get over it, Kirky. Um, I'm concerned about Cherry's Red Army's Kirk, what he's got to say, because whilst it looks good that we got three points and the win and all that, I mean, performance-wise, blimey, mm. difficult. That's only a slight upgrade on Holloway, I think. 
it, yeah, it, weren't, yeah, yeah. it weren't that much better and because I we feel like a... I want to hold on to something because that's what we were nearly doing against a, tie, <laughs> yeah. against a team that's heading towards League One and so, we, um, we didn't really even create our own goal it was a mistake I mean the keeper shouldn't have probably come out and we were I wouldn't say gifted we had to work a little bit for it but as good as gifted the, the goal that we did score. I mean, if we're going to give something back to Scott Parker, the conditions were a little bit tough and windy. windy yeah. um, but we had a, some chances in the first half we should have done better with. But another second half, where I can't really remember us really testing the goalkeeper. I think there was a chance of Jaden Anthony down the left was blocked. Um, but yeah, it's just not enough, is it? It's still a little bit too passive. I- I'm actually frustrated with two things at the moment. I'm watching the game and seeing the ball stop in front of players. I don't like that. I don't like the ball physically yeah, yeah, stopping yeah. In, in front of the feet and they're like trying to evaluate who they're going to pass you. You've always got to keep turning the ball over and that's starting to happen a lot at the moment. And then when we get possession with the likes of Travers from a corner or where they've attacked us and he grabs it, why are we not then hitting them yeah. for six on six, etc.? And we, we, just, we just wait for them to get back in position then Travers plays out to Stacey and then it's the whole build up again and it's build up without real pace and yeah it's probably highlighted everything I'm highlighting everything that's probably been said by Tom etc but it's three points we did say that at the start didn't we we did say look take a scrappy win if it is but it's still a bit uninspiring because 3-0 it should have been 4-0 yeah and well, that's what we were told we'll take it we'll take a scrappy win because we want the points but performance wise I mean I'm sort of happy that the next game is a cup game mm. just to maybe I mean but we will we even sort ourselves out during that because we'll probably be playing a side that's fairly under strength which makes me worry ahead of uh, some matches what Blackpool and then Birmingham and look we need six points from them and I know that teams like Blackburn are slipping up Fulham slipped up today but it's the performances that are gonna like, build momentum at the moment it just seems like we're staggering over the line I just wonder, as we're speaking right now, whether Neil Blake and Richard Hughes are on the phone to Blackburn and Derby and getting these deals done because we're not ruthless enough. And as we hit that April period where we need to be in a good place, we're going to need to kill off teams a lot better than that. So um, we need to get some deals done in the next couple of days for me. Um, In in terms of those deals, if you you could have a couple, who would you be having? Yeah, I want Lawrence, 100%. We've only scored two goals outside the box. We haven't scored a direct free kick all season no gimmies you know just goals where you get them where you haven't had to work for it just a just a dead ball free kick and Tom Lawrence will give you something like that maybe Rothwell will add I'm surprised we're not in or hearing about anything regarding Swift I think he's a similar player and you know Kiefer Moore's mixed I'm not sure maybe he would but again look Dom looks like he was trying today, he works hard, he looks like he was snatching at his chances instead of being more clinical like yeah, he has yeah, been. Um, but he definitely needs support. He's played every single game, Dom Solanke. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get to a point where he's going to be on empty. Mm. So um, Tom Lawrence definitely, maybe a central attacking midfielder. And um, yeah, we need something, don't we? Because yeah. we're going to need to kill off teams a lot better than this. Great. Kirk, cheers, mate. Cherries Red Army.co.uk. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, just like you, I'm probably going to be up late tonight editing the match day vlog. <laughs> Love it. Right, <laughs> let's go across. We're going we're gonna to walk and talk here. I feel like Martin Brundle on the grid walk as I bring in Matt Davis. Martin Brundle, this is what I feel like, Martin Brundle. Like you from Benetton? Um, or was that, or was that ages ago? You like colours of Benetton, not you? <laughs> you like colours of Benetton. <laughs> yeah. You right, mate? Very well, mate, yeah. Very well, I'm not actually. No. William, no, William's yeah. a red ball, the team's uh, I'm, mate, not, I'm um, not very well, though. 1-0, no. uh, brilliant, three points. Yeah. I but, mean, come on. I mean, we said before the game, didn't we? Let's just get the job done, let's, let's get the three points. But we go 1-0 up, 
Um, lucky goal, really. Um, not for our own yeah. making. And then we don't go for the juggler. There's no intensity there. There's no tempo there. Did you feel worse after that? Yeah. Than better? I, I do as well. Yeah. I feel, I feel worse after beating the team that's bottom of the league. The, the, I mean, they're so despondent, yet we, we made a meal of it. Yeah, we have. They had did. chances. They had chances, and they probably, they could, they could reflect on it. I mean, they are, they're so poor. And they also, yeah. you know, we were speaking to Barnsley fans before the game, weren't we, in the pub, and they were saying, you'll, you'll win by five today, five or six, because that's how poor they are. And they are so, the standard today was awful. And I, I just felt that we, we got dragged down to their level. Um, we, we didn't shut... I just, we got the job done, that's all you can say, but it wasn't enjoyable. I didn't enjoy it one bit, I didn't enjoy watching. But just imagine um, us in the Premier League. Oh, we get ripped to shreds. <laughs> we'll get absolutely ripped to shreds with that squad that we... Something, something is, is fundamental. I don't, I don't want to be negative, I really don't. I don't want to come on this channel and be negative. I don't want to talk negatively, but it just, it just feels really, really flat at the moment. We just won 1-0 away at yeah, Barnsley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it just feels so flat. It's... it's it's unprecedented, really. Maybe some new fan. transfer blood will, will help us maybe some fresh you know, reinvigorate things. Fresh impetus is definitely needed at the moment. I think whether it's Tom Lawrence, um, not Kiefer Moore for me, as I've gone on record and said. I'd rather so, Kiefer Sutherland than that. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, Tom Lawrence. There's the, the creativity in the final third. I mean, Ryan, it's, it's almost like it's becoming a little bit, and other people have probably said this, it's becoming a bit scripted. It feels like... Scott Parker has, has got a manual, yeah. and, he, and he's saying he, he's drilling them on the training ground, and he's saying to them, "This is that. Here's my ten-point plan to score a goal, and here's my ten-point plan of what I want from you." And it feels like players are not being allowed the freedom to express themselves. That's how it feels to me, and they're just going through the motions on the football pitch. It felt like today we got the goal. Let's just see it out for the next 75 minutes, get the job done, and get the hell out of here. I suppose, in a way, if you can look at it on a positive, that. We have got the three points, yet we're still looking negatively. Therefore, there is some work to do. So maybe that's one positive that's, way you can look at it. That's the only positive you can take from it, Sam, I think. We, we, it's we, not like we're complacently thinking, right, we played amazing tonight. Yeah. We'll you know, do, like, do that again in the next game. Yeah. We've got work to do still, which is good. We, we've got three points. Um, what, what are we? One point off second with a mm. game in hand. So that's the positive to take. And we're, not, we're really not very happy, are we, as a supporter base and as hopefully as, as players and, and, and management team as well. So that's, that's the positive you can take. Mm. But from here, I think we, we really need to um, take a break now with the Boreham Wood game, get through that one and, and really kick on now because awesome. it's, it's becoming it's a pivotal part of the season, isn't it? And we've got to get, the, we've got to get it done. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Sam. Stevie. Yes. Stevie H, come and have a word. Hello, Samuel um, B. I stood next to you for most of that. Yeah, were you? Happy? Happy? Yeah. No. Mm. It's, it's strange, isn't it, saying that it's you're so not weird. happy with a 1-0 win away. But it was very uninspiring. Unex- un- un- inspiring, that was yeah. it. No, I don't know. We got, us, we got our noses in front early doors and then we just did, we resorted back to that sort of pass, 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 not really doing anything with it, controlling the, do- you know, controlling the ball, but equally opened up very easily it's, on the counter it's almost like we took the lead and then we sat back oh you know we yeah, haven't seen that I mean, at all like for every game we, we weren't warned about that were we before the season started by <laughs> X amount of Fulham fans but <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know where to go with it anymore um, yeah it's 
I don't know what to say, to be honest. No, I don't, yeah. It's, you know it's, what? it's a sad sort of state of affairs that you, you, you've come all this way to see that sort of performance, but it just didn't seem our levels are. Yet we, won, yet we won, it's so weird. Yeah, no, no, like, but that's, that goes to show how poor Barnsley are and what yeah. state they're in. But yet, we weren't much better than them. You know, they'll be dancing in the streets tonight. Of, well, every, every well, one of their no, fans was saying three or four would put past yeah. them, and we were sort of went, mm, I'll be happy with one or two. And that's why it turned out. And to be fair, that goal we scored was a bit of a cock up by their yeah, keeper. Yeah. You know, opportunist strike, you know, Billing scores a header. You know, they have a. In, yeah, <laughs> in, in some ways, right, because we've got to speak to a number of Barnsley fans today. And in some ways, I suppose it's the perfect result for us because. We, you know, like we've got the win, but also they didn't get trounced. They didn't get trounced, and maybe that will give them a little bit to go. I mean, they're as good as down, but they are. But you know, I feel sorry for them massively, and you know, our fans sort of contributed to singing songs for them about their owners today, which was nice touch. Yeah, really good. Um, But yeah, they. I mean, they didn't show a lot, but we, like I said, we didn't show a lot either, and. The, look, you know, it could have been a draw that game yeah, yeah. quite easily, and I would have been, I would have said, well, fair play to you, Barnsley, because I thought they did enough to probably scrape a draw. As it was, we got the win, and that's all that matters. We said at the beginning we'd have taken a scrappy one 0 That's what it turned out to be. Onwards and upwards. Forget about this one and if, go to Birmingham. If you, if your face was an emoji now, <laughs> would it be, would it be a, a big smile? Would it be like, I mean, or would it be all that, you know one that with, one a line, with a line that no, goes right across it? Do you, know that, do you know that one with the two uh, air things? Kind of like, oh, frustrated. That one. <laughs> Tom, Tom, if you were, come back up, take two. Yeah. Emoji if, face. What would it be? If this were, if this performance was an emoji face, which one would it be? Would it be the, would it be the line across from the mouth, or would it be the slight smile, or would it be like? Red face fuming. Is there one like with a knife in the throat? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Blackpool are drawing. We're going up. <laughs> We're going, going up. up Premier League. All right. So, yeah, fans there. Obviously happy with the three points, but the performance itself wasn't particularly great and we, we did our best to squander it. But never mind, we we march on and how are we saying never mind after three points? What a bizarre season that we're having. It could get even more bizarre next week. I'm sure it won't. We're playing Bournemouth in the FA Cup and for ITV, leading the commentary team is Clive Tildesley. So we chat to him about nearly everything football, including his meticulous preparation for the game, his bewilderment at some modern match day commentators, and also his reaction to the We Want Clive tweets that he would have witnessed during the Euros, as uh, a lot of people didn't particularly warm to Sam Matterface. This was myself, Sam Davis, with Clive Tildesley. It's towards Michael, it's comfort to White York. Gates with a shot, Jerry Name on the trophy. And on Sergio Ramos, it's a good cross. Gerard! Irresistible Liverpool. Mata. It's a trap. Chances! Oh, a brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! 
So we've got Clive Tildesley here with us. Clive, how are you? I'm absolutely fine. My my mum lives in Bournemouth, by the way. I'm a I'm a regular visitor. That's what I was about to say. You're you're a regular to the area because last time for ITV you were here, I think it was 2014, uh, a loss against Liverpool in the FA Cup. I recall that. Um, I was just looking through um, my files of notes in preparation for Sunday's game. I actually covered um, Boreham Wood versus Brentford in the FA Cup at Boreham Wood in um, 2012, mm. I think. And um, Luke Garrard, who is now the manager, um, was a, a player coach at the time, um, was injured for the game, funnily enough. Um, but uh, yeah, ITV have had um, the FA Cup contract on and off over the course of my career. Um, let's face it, um, Bournemouth and the FA Cup is, is, not, is not a great long story to tell. You know, one or two heroics back in Harry Redknapp's uh, day. Um, but last season was about as good as it's ever got, I think, for the club, isn't it? So um, uh, what with limited coverage of, uh, of Premier League football, in my experience, um, I haven't actually been to. I'm glad you still call it Dean Court in your, um, mm. in your email to me. It'll always be Dean Court to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always of uh, the Dean Court train of thought. And yeah, the last time you were here with ITV, we lost 2-0 on that day. And as you mentioned, as you alluded to, 2-0 was the scoreline for one of our most famous FA Cup moments, beating Manchester United. That was 1984. It was Milton Graham and Ian Thompson uh, that scored the goals for the Cherries. And I think Cherries fans would be happy with that result on Sunday. We'd be equally happy with an 11-0 as we did against Margate when Ted McDougall scored <laughs> scored nine. And funnily enough, actually, mentioning those three names, we've chatted to all of them on previous videos on this channel and they've expressed their joy at the magic of the FA Cup. And whilst some people think that the magic might be lost when the bigger teams at home, when it comes to these kind of upsets, it doesn't always work like that, does it? It certainly doesn't. Um... The magic of the FA Cup, I'm I'm old enough to recall the days when the FA Cup was FA Cup final was perhaps the biggest game played on these shores and maybe on television um, mm. at any stage during the year. Um, you know, we we had a a kind of misty a romantic affiliation with the the European Cup, what has become the Champions League from afar. Um, and certainly when Celtic won it, Manchester United won back in the 1960s, it, it, you know, these were landmark moments in the development of British football. But FA Cup final day is a national event. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how many of, uh, of your viewers will be uh, of an age to remember when both BBC and ITV came on the air at whatever, 10.30 in the morning. Oh, watching the teams. Yeah. Sort of gone past uh, six o'clock. Um, now, the FA Cup in 2022 is—it's um, a different animal. Like, like a lot of football institutions, it's had to find its place in the new order. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think the the back in um, 1999 when Manchester United were given leave from the FA Cup from defending the FA Cup in order to concentrate on the World Club Championship, it did mark. Um, you know, quite a, an important point in 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 the way that the the cup has evolved, and and say had to learn to to live with its its new status. And um, 
when I was um, allocated this cup tie a couple of weeks ago, one of the very first things I looked at was the week following the tie and, uh, and what commitments the two teams had. And obviously, you've got a really, really big league game next Wednesday. And um, I don't think, you know, there's a single Cherries fan who um, would, I, I don't know the, what the lineup's going to be any more than, than you do at this stage, yeah. but we're not really expecting to see Solanke or Lerma or uh, Billing um, or Travers. Um, and, I, and I think we all kind of accept that now. Now, whether that has diminished the magic of the cup for the fans um, or not is a, is, is a personal choice. There's quite a lot of excitement around the third round. Um, there was, you know, there were some good stories in the third round of which Boreham would have won. Um, and they will they will be full strength uh, or as close to full strength as they can be on Sunday. But then they'll probably only name four or five substitutes. You know, that's the, the nature of the beast. They are um, quite close to the top of the National League in terms of points, but they are rock bottom in terms of attendance. You've had to learn to live with Premier League football on a on the gate receipts of 11,000. Um, so you can probably identify with that to a degree. But, you know, they are punching above their weight very much as Bournemouth have done. Uh, regularly in the last uh, decade uh, or so. So there is a certain amount of romance comes with them. But, you know, this is not a team of butchers, bakers and candlestick makers. This is, mm. um, I've made some notes today. And one of the things I'm going to say quite early in, in the in the broadcast is I'm not, I'm not going to use the phrase non-league very often. This, this no. is not a non-league team. Uh, the, and the National League this season is hugely competitive. Um, I mean, there's some, there are some budgets in in the National League that League One teams are envious of. There's a salary cap Absolutely. coming in next season, so there's a scramble to get out of that league. There are only two promotion places, and just for Boreham Wood to be in contention for one of those um, is is quite something. So there's there's a there is a romance around the tie, um, but it's I th I think to answer your question in a long winded way, it's up to you really as Bournemouth fans. To, to, to say before kickoff whether you're happy for Scotty to go with a a team which you know may show eight or nine changes um, from last weekend and and therefore happy to accept the outcome if it's not a good one yeah I absolutely agree with that and it does seem like the gap between League Two and the National League is closing so you're right to not mention non-league oh. too much whereas with maybe the Premier League and the Championship it's you know, it's getting bigger. There's there's certainly not much of a difference, I've, I've got to say. So whether we'll see an upset or a cup set, as we like to call it, yet to be seen. But uh, have you got a favourite FA Cup commentary where the underdog has actually won, one that sticks in your memory? Um, well, I, I, I did commentate on Wigan Athletics' victory in the final. That, that may be the last great underdog mm. uh, cup final win. I mean, for all the, um, the compromises that the leading clubs make in, in team selections... For um, FA Cup ties, you look at the list of winners in in the last twenty years, and um, again, I'm I'm of an age where I can remember the the nineteen seventies and early eighties when the, there was some FA Cup final stories which are told to this day. Um, you know, of, of Southampton and, and Sunderland and uh, and of Wimbledon, um, but. Um, I, I mean, you'd only need. I'm not a betting man, but you'd have to look at the odds, and um, mm. you know, you you won't find any mid-table Premier League clubs amongst the, the favourites. Um, you know, most of the big clubs that can be still in. I mean, there, there was a heavyweight clash in the 
in the third round are still in and and they'll probably find a way through to the latter stages again and um it's kind of um a test for the commentator a bit, bit well you know what is a television commentator we are kind of journalists really and um i think there's always a, a perception that we're expected uh, particularly working maybe for a commercial network to hype up the product mm. um well you won't hear that from me on sunday i think it is as i say i think you have to be realistic about what we're watching here and it still has um um it it has a distinctive feel because of the knockout nature um and actually i'm not even though some of the finest fa cup ties i've ever seen have been replays you know without fa cup replays we would have never seen ryan giggs's goal in oh, wow, uh, yeah. against arsenal do you know ronnie radford's famous goal was in a replay mm. uh, there are, you know uh, ricky veer at wembley is a re an fa cup replay but if we've seen the last ever FA Cup FA Cup replay, and who knows, we may have done. I think ITV broadcast a game at Barrow before Christmas, which was a replay. And mm. it wouldn't surprise or appall me if we never, ever see an FA Cup replay again. I think in a way, it, it just makes the, the competition as it is in the in the 21st century even more distinctive. Um, I, I, I was reading today about... Um, the 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 infamous Grimsby Golden Goal, uh, which defeated um, the Cherries in their one and only Wembley occasion appearance. Uh, Don't remind me, what a horrible day! Bring, bring the Golden Goal back, you know. Into I, I think without getting too gimmicky, you know, I think the FA Cup does it. It needs continual lift in order to fight back against the the natural attrition of of major clubs with other priorities. So. Say mm. without turning it into um, Ant versus Deck or anything, you know. I, th I, I I'm not against um, uh, you know one or two kind of improvised um, additions to the the FA Cup uh, recipe. I remember when ITV won the contract probably about 15 years ago, and we we sat down with the with the FA, and they they actually asked for some new ideas. I'm t talking out of school a little bit. And uh, I was in the meeting and I did have a couple of ideas. And it, it's funny, they were both sort of laughed out of court. I suggested that the the draws, that the televised live draws, um, should be conducted not in the way that they've always been conducted, but all the home teams should be drawn first. So halfway through the program, you still don't know any of the ties. But everybody who says, we don't care as long as we're at home, at least you know halfway through the, the draw, whether you're <laughs> at home or away. Um, no, I can't do that. It's uh, true. Yeah. And then the other thing that I suggested, I mean, again, I don't know, forgive me if I'm sounding like I'm 400 years old. There was, <laughs> there was a day when at every football league game, the away team ran out first on their right, own. Yeah. And, and got, uh, you know, the usual dogs abuse, although in the FA Cup, um, you get 10% ticket allocation. So, you know, at Old Trafford, that's whatever's seven and a half thousand people or something so they usually get big away followings um at, at major cup ties so i thought that was kind of kind of quite no nah, no you can't do that we've all got to come out and be friends and shake hands and you know have a mascot with them well there you go if you don't want to change the fa cup don't change it but don't ask don't ask me for any ideas that's, um, that's but, really interesting i mean because they've tried they've tried the they obviously the golden goal which you painfully reminded me of wayne burnett <laughs> it was that scored the winner 1998 that was and i think after that they came to the compromise with a silver goal that didn't last too long which yeah. was in the first half of uh yeah i commentated on a few euro, euro championship games like that 
and then you know the penalty shootouts changing to the ABBA method and yeah. uh, all sorts of things that just haven't really stuck. Uh, one thing about the beauty of the FA Cup, I think, is just the the range of grounds you come to, the randomness of the ties you have, and you know some grounds I'm sure you'll admit uh, are poorer than others. Now back in 1997. I remember this match. Sky Sports had the contract for the FA Cup and uh, Alan Parry was commentating for Sky. <laughs> and at the time, we were in our stadium before it was redeveloped and it was the new stand, which you can see on screen there. And the gantry where Alan had to stand, which was on top of the stand yeah. in that green, horrible netting. The there. weather was awful. Yeah, <laughs> the weather was awful. You had to climb up a ladder and uh, the the conditions that day were absolutely absolutely atrocious uh, you're in the relative dry and luxury on sunday but uh, there must be some terrible places that you've commentated at i can remember dean court when it was three-sided i'm not imagining that can i that was later wasn't it that was when they turned the pitch around that's yeah? right yeah it was yeah. early 21st century yeah yeah that's um, right 2001 it opened yeah 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 and uh, it was three sides. The, 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 there was an end behind the goal that was open, wasn't it? For years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a car park, and then there was a sand bank there and hoardings. But now, finally, we've got a temporary <laughs> stand there. We're still, we're still not quite there, but we've got something. And there's always been there's always been discussion of moving into the park next door, hasn't there? Is that are they ongoing, or is that sort of along quiet now? It's faded away somewhat because under Eddie Howe's tenure, we bought some land uh, a few miles away uh, near a pool, actually, for a big training facility that, that oh, would be okay. rivaling yeah. Southampton's. And that's that's been part developed. The land has been cleared for it. The groundworks have been done, but nothing more than that. And it was always his priority to get that sorted. And then hopefully the new stadium, which they mooted to be on the fields at Kings Park, just adjacent to where we are now. But, yeah, I know you but obviously you know, being relegated from the Premier League and also with the pandemic as well. It just means everything is in, in limbo. Maybe if we're promoted this season, it could be better. But in, in terms of um, where you've commentated and what have been the most challenging environments, <laughs> name a ground, go on. Um, well, uh, when people always say, you know, what's your favourite football stadium? Uh, I, I always say, well, I rate them by commentary positions. Sorry, nothing to do with <laughs> atmosphere or, uh, the you know, the architecture. It's, it's whether we can see or not. And um, mm. there are some no excuse commentary positions in the Premier League. But um, even in the uh, second round of, of this season's competition at Salford City, which is, you know, I mean, quite a wealthy club by, well, certainly by League Two standards, probably the wealthiest club in, in League Two. But you are sharing a, um, a bird's nest with two cameras. And as the cameras swing round, your view of the, of the goal at one end is, is masked. And you are, we do have a television monitor which is very too close to us really in a in a cramped situation like that and your head is going up and down between the pitch and the monitor because there are corners and parts of of, of the ground that you can't see and we've had the you know the added delight of um in the 21st century of apologizing every time uh, any kind of profanity is picked up by the effects yeah. microphone in the first two rounds which is a, re a legal requirement it's not I'm not suddenly come over all Methodist. I think I did it about seven times at Salford wow. uh, in the game against uh, Chesterfield. Um, and maybe I'm going deaf, but when I watch the recording back, as I always try to do, because that's how you learn as to whether or not I couldn't hear any of them. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe we maybe we're becoming a little bit sensitive. But I, I'm um, I am I am uh, I, I'm mindful of um, 
of a commentary position, um, and I'm name dropping now. I, I I actually worked for the BBC at the 1994 World Cup, hmm. and my opening game was Cameroon versus Romania, and um, I actually went to the Cameroon training camp two days um, successively to to try to um, familiarise myself with the look of the players, and um, I it's just I'm afraid a, a, a natural human failing. Um, that um, uh, white Caucasian uh, uh, people have more trouble recognizing uh, black African people uh, than they, you know, we would at a white Caucasian team. I, th- mm. I, th- I believe it's the, the, the same is true in reverse. Mm. Um, so I was struggling a little bit with these Cameroon players standing uh, 12, 15 meters away from them. But when I actually got inside the stadium, which was at the LA Coliseum where they had the, the final out of the Pasadena uh, and Pasadena, um, Honestly, I might as well have been on the Goodyear blimp. I was so far away from the field. I, the players were just ants in the far distance. And I, I just allowed myself a little chuckle that having fretted <laughs> over the identification of these players at uh, a distance of 10 metres, I now felt I was like about uh, 10 miles away. Um, and But somehow, you you know, you you find a way, running styles, um uh, wristbands, hair colours, boot colours. Yeah, um, you find a way to uh, to identify the players. Um, uh, it's just uh, I, I I've drawn up a kind of a a rough starting Bournemouth squad, and um, I've got to research about. It. I mean, if the likes of um, uh, Rossi and Mariah Welsh are involved again, then I I mean I'm I'm picking from a pool of a you know even with. Cahill suspension and a couple of injuries. Um, there's a, a potential sort of 27, 28 players, which is a lot more research than I really need to be doing for a, uh, well, a final well, team of 11. That's it. I mean, I was I was about to, you know what, in terms of the commentary, the local commentator for BBC Radio Solent here, Chris Temple, who you probably won't be a million miles away from on Sunday, he always complains about striped shirts and you know, sometimes the numbers <laughs> on the back and sometimes they don't make it clear enough. And never he, complain. He, we've got we've got a dream job. You must never well, complain. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? I've been I've been scouting around your YouTube channel and look, I mean, some of your notes are unbelievable. This has been taken from from one of your videos, the 2004 League Cup final here. And your notes, it's fair to say, are meticulous. For a game like this, when ITV gave you the call and said, you know, can you do Bournemouth v Bournemouth? At what point are you starting to sort of delve well, into research? There's the stuff? first thing that I did a couple of weeks ago. Can I show you that? Yeah. So that is wow. what I call a, a results and appearance grid. Now, I keep them for Premier League uh, clubs, but I don't keep them for Championship clubs. I've got Bournemouth from two years ago and three years yeah. ago and four years ago, but I haven't, I've made this up spe- specifically so that I'm across. Um, the names, the appearances, who's played, in what positions, how often, uh, goals scored. Um, and the process, I, I, I know it's all written. I, I know I could do that on a spreadsheet. Maybe, again, it's a side of my age. Maybe uh, from my early schooling, um, I revised by ex- for exams by copying out. That, that's how it goes in this thick skull here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still keep um, – I mean, I'll, I'll prepare some of my notes um, uh, on a – uh, on a word and, uh, and and print them off on a word document and print them off. But um, yeah, I'll have a I'll have a, a couple of written team sheets and then I'll just shade in in 
yellow the starters before the game. It's not that the the commentary charts that um, we now sell um, mm. the prints of them. We don't have a Bournemouth one yet. Um, right, okay. We there. You're on our list. Mm. Um, the weird thing is that. I'm not sure what the iconic Bournemouth game of the last 20 years is. Um, mm. it, there are one or two clubs where a, a match stands out. We've just done Charlton Athletic and their famous playoff final when Mendonca scored the hat-trick. I mean, that, that that's a no-brainer. You do that game, even though it was a while ago. But I'm not quite sure what the iconic Bournemouth game, maybe it's something you could yeah. uh, pick up. And if, if you can poll uh, enough fans then we'll, we'll create a Bournemouth chart going forward. Uh, because while we started the enterprise with matches that I'd actually commentated on, we started to get a request stroke demands from people. Wait, wait a minute, where's our commentary chart? Well, I wasn't at that game. It doesn't matter. So mm. we, I've, I've actually retrospectively researched uh, games and, and produced a commentary chart like that, which I is very that. much in the style of the commentary charts that I will operate with on Sunday. Although on Sunday, I'll probably have six or seven different sheets of paper with that information spread across, which doesn't look so good in the downstairs loose. So we put it all on, <laughs> on sort of one, a four, a three uh, chart for, for, for display, but it is, it's, it is in the same style. So, I mean, my preparations began when um, uh, I was allocated the game and, mm. um, uh, you won't want to remember Bournemouth's last appearance uh, on on Sky, but at least it gave me a, a, a clear insight into, mm. um, you know, the setup of the team uh, and so on. And actually, Boreham would have appeared on um, a BT Sport game yeah. uh, quite recently, so they've been helpful. Uh, and you can get videos now of just about every football match that's uh, yeah. that's being played around the globe. So, in terms of uh, identification and so on, um, I'm I'm. I'm pretty much uh, up to speed with these two teams, even though most of my work is now uh, Premier League and Champions League. Mm. I won't. Uh, I won't keep you too much longer. But in terms of iconic games, I'm just trying to think. Uh, probably none during the Premier League era, but the match to get us there. I think when you go on these websites that sell these uh, printouts of like CFAX, where they do the you know page three hundred two football. And then it's got the score lines on. It's the Bournemouth v Bolton game that got yeah. us there, where we won three nil. And uh, loads of people have got mugs and all sorts of memorabilia, tea towels, the lot. So I'm sure that's one that a lot of Bournemouth well, fans will probably Maybe a chart uh, to follow. I was doing a bit of research. We we mentioned the um, uh, um, you know Harry's game against uh, Manchester United. Mm. The, I I think I came across a, a Bournemouth giant killing where Eddie scored the winning goal. Was it? Um, I'm, I'm not looking at my notes at the moment. West Bromwich Albion at yeah, yeah. the old Dean Court. He's, I think yeah. he won for 1-0 or something. Yeah, but he, he did score the winner. I was there. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, no, there is, there's a little bit of FA Cup pedigree. And, of course, it, it's easy. It's very easy to forget where Bournemouth were 10 years ago. Um, mm. and, and nearly, you know, we're never going to be another 10 years of, mm. of, of Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic, as I would always remember. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> um, I don't get AFC Bournemouth at all. Just get rid of that. What's all yeah, that? Yeah, it 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 all came around when they when they did this new logo and then uh, they wanted it to be first in alphabetical order and all this kind of newfangled stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's you know Bournemouth and Boscombe. We all still shout Boscombe. So uh, one thing I was going to ask is, of course, outside the stadium, the majority of people that are going to be watching on ITV Four, they're going to want an upset. So. As a commentator, do you almost have to err on the side of the underdog somewhat, or do you, or do you stay neutral? I mean, when surely when Bournemouth score, that like the tone of your voice is going to be slightly different to if Boreham would score, right? 
And not if you've been 2 0 down and get back to 3 2. No. <laughs> Agreed. Um, my mentor, um, the late, great Reg Guttridge, who um, took me under his wing a million years ago and taught me 99% of what I know about the job that I do, um, one of his um, recurring dictums was identify your audience and commentate to it. And in a sense, you know, when England are playing, I mean, I, I commentated on the, the World Cup semi-final in 18, which was 30 million people watching. Mm. And, um, yeah, okay, we're a very diverse nation, which is great. Um, there would have been some Croatians watching, but and there would have been quite a lot of Scots and Welsh and Irish who would um, you know, not necessarily pulling for England. Um, and, you know, in the modern world, maybe even some Chelsea and Liverpool and whatever fans who, you know, don't really like international football. Uh, but the vast majority of your audience are engaged with a football match in a way that they'll probably never be engaged, um, England in a World Cup semi-final. And so is it a crime to say we occasionally? I mean, as long as you're not blurting it out at every step of the way, as long as you're still being objective, as long as you're prepared to say we are crap and we are crap, <laughs> yeah. um, then I think, yeah, I think commentating to your audience it, is important. And yeah, I mean, the reason this tie has been chosen by ITV and the selections have been quite interesting, really. Um, you know, ITV are a commercial uh, enterprise who are looking for audiences. So they've gone with Manchester United tonight. Mm. They've gone with Liverpool at home um, because uh, commercially they are one and two and three is nowhere in terms of attracting viewers um, and and possibly let Forrest Leicester and Kidderminster West Ham slip through their grasp, which would appear to be the more appealing cup ties of the weekend. Yeah. So it, it's almost ITV's offering to um, David and Goliath, if you like, um, that the final tie of the 16 um, is is going to be this one. I'm, I'm a little... I, I listen. It's not my choice. It, 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 as many people watching will know, ITV basically got rid of me two years ago. Mm. So I am now kind of working as a freelance. So I'm not speaking on behalf of ITV. Um, but um, I, I, yeah, I think it's a shame that it's on ITV four. I mean, I, I would. Yeah. I think at that time of night, um, particularly, the, I'm sure they could have got the kickoff at five thirty. Um, you know, I think that I think it's a good ITV one product, but there you go. Um, ITV four is fairly freely available to to you know most people uh, um, in the in the current era. So um, we'll, we'll see what the audience is. But yeah, I've got to commentate to the audience. And uh, aside from Bournemouth fans who can't make it, uh, and Boreham Woods' average attendance is under nine hundred, yeah. so that there aren't millions looking in cheering for them. Um, it's the um, it's the passing trade of, of somebody saying, I wonder what this fifth division team are all about. And um, yeah, if, if, um, if they come up with a result on Sunday, then I guess it's, um, it's, it's a more appealing story um, than it puts out a team which um, wins three nil easing up. I'm, I'm just hoping personally that there's going to be no iconic, remember the name. Uh, oh, hello, hello, here we go. Name, no. Name no, on I the say, trophy. None of that. Really special moments. And of course, now you've got rid of Neyland, you're not even going to throw one in for us. So. No, exactly. <laughs> um, do you, do you, just a quick question. Do you still get the, you know, look, 
you've commentated on some of the largest games in world football, the World Cup finals, Champions League uh, finals, FA Cup finals, Bournemouth v Borehamwood in the fourth round. Do you still get the rush of adrenaline when they throw to you in your live? Ah, yeah. I mean, the, mm. the, this game will be more important um, to some viewers than than any Champions League final. Mm. Um, and they're the people you've got to... Well, I say they're the people you've got to commentate to. I think yeah. with a general audience, the further into the competition we go, the bigger the audience becomes, the more you maybe need to introduce even some of the, the Bournemouth names to that wider audience. Yeah. Uh, um, and so... Um, I, you know, I think you've, you've got to be, I mean, you know, somebody like Jamal Lowe wouldn't wouldn't be a household name in most Premier League households, but he will catch the eye if he plays. I want to imagine he will. Um, you know, so, you know, the likes of Lowe and Anthony will hopefully ha have almost um, not quite the same luster of a non-league team, but, you know, interesting young players who a lot of the viewers won't know. And if, if they turn it on, as we know they can, um, then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 is a, it is a question of, of sort of easing people into the game and, and introducing them, you know, one or two. Oddly, probably if he, if he figures, um, Todd Campbell might be the most familiar yeah. face on the field to um, a lot of viewers. Even Nat Phillips, you know, played enough for Liverpool last season uh, to be somebody that people will be um, aware of. And then if we are assuming that, uh, Dom doesn't start or, um, you know, again, um, you, you know, obviously Gary Cahill's not going to play. So, yeah, you are you're, you are introducing players who are not the kind of household names we're going to see in the Manchester United lineup tonight and the Liverpool lineup uh, in the in the cup tie before. Mm. Well, I tell you what, uh, on behalf of me and many football fans, I mean, it's nice to see the FA Cup all on terrestrial TV. Of course, BBC and BT Sport had it before, but with the way they do, I mean, they've done it with the Six Nations as well. They sort of club together this Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and some credit to the FA. I mean, they get a lot of stick, but, but I think by keeping it um, on terrestrial television and the audiences that we can pull, keeping England on terrestrial television, largely yeah. on terrestrial television, um, then I think they keep, the, you know, they keep those very, very important um, competition and team uh, in in the public eye and and, and it, you know that we, we kind of take it for granted that Sky and to a lesser extent BT still less than fifty percent households in the in the country oh, and um, the way the energy bills are going up it, that's that figure is going to come down rather than than up it's going to be a tough year for a lot of people and um, and and subscription TV may be one of the first things to go so um, this is this is a, a better stage for um uh for the you know for, if you like the product that the fa have and i'm i'm, I'm really really pleased that that just as with the six nations they've kept it there for a, a free-to-air audience yeah absolutely and and finally just wanted to say that uh we we enjoyed having you on our screens during the euros you weren't on it enough in my opinion uh, you must have seen the outpouring of love for you specifically your commentary duo with Ali McCoist and others. Um, and, you know, when certain other people are commentating or maybe it's on another channel, there's a lot of tweets that I was witnessing saying, all I want is Clive Tildesley's voice on this. That that must be so nice to hear and see. Do you know, I've not worked with Ali since last July. Hmm. Wow. Um, and, um, I mean, we're big mates. We're in hmm. contact a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, I mean... 
you know, vanity aside, we we, we were seemed to go down well as a as a partnership. We've known each other for donkey's years. Um, uh, I, I I mean, I obviously I don't make these decisions. I try to accept them as gracefully as I can. I know I'm 67 years of age, um, and I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Um, I'm hopefully my own biggest critic. Uh, mm. I still try to keep my standards at a level th that I recognize. Um, I try to limit myself to three games in a week. Um, I scratch my head when I hear commentators working five nights out of six, or yeah. I just don't think you can make the game as special for the people that matter most. Um, if you're taking on that kind of workload, I understand I'm, I'm a freelance myself now. I only get paid when I work, mm. but, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think there are certain standards that I value out there, probably the, the ones that were given to me by people like Reg Guttridge and Brian Moore yeah. in my early years. Um, I know things change all the time. I've got four kids in their 20s, so it's not like I'm detached from young thinking or, or indeed young media consumption. Um, and it's part of my job and business to stay across that without ever trying to be down with the kids or anything stupid like that. Um, so it's, it is, it's particularly heartening when uh, I get messages from people who are clearly um, the south side of 30 years of age and mm. still enjoying my work. And that, um, yeah, that kind of um, makes me happy and makes me a little annoyed if the truth is told because, mm. um, I, you know, I don't, I think experience is a great, is of great value as long as you keep the blinkers off. Yeah. Um, and as long as you don't start to become one of those boring old uncles who thinks that any music that was made after 1980s rubbish um, I, 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 or movies or whatever, I am not one of those people. I like 2022 very much indeed. I've never been happier in my life. Um, and those four kids are four of my best friends in the world. So I am, you know, I'm, it's my duty as a parent to be in touch with the views of, of younger people. And I hope that that's reflected um in the commentaries. I, I did actually make a note today to have a go at the rebranding of football. Um, it's, I mean, League Two is not League Two. Um, it's, it's the fourth division, which is what it was 30 years ago. And 20 years ago, it became miraculously Division Three. Yeah. And then it was turned into League Two. Now, that is not old-fashioned for somebody to say that. So what? Why? Why we? Why did we do this? Try to explain the league pyramid system to a non-believer. You know, mm. somebody who's no idea. Um, I might just say that on Sunday, but part of me is also thinking if I say that, would well, I sound like an old bugger who nobody cares about anymore? And I don't want to be seen as that. But I do think that sometimes, if you've had experiences. Uh, down the course of year, and you use them properly and and relate them to the contemporary world in which I very very happily live, then I hopefully I'm still relevant enough to carry on working for a little while to come yet. Mm. Well, you know, you say League Two now, and if you if you talk about your Division Two from the past, you're thinking, okay, so was that when the divisions were uh, Premier yeah. One, Two, Three, or is that when it was Premier yeah. Championship? Let's one, go two, back to One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. And the, it and would be so now, much easier. The fall from four to five is no longer no longer comes with the stigma or the mm. end of the world that it once did. I mean, Cracky, you've been down there. Mm. You know, I mean, quite apart from and having people knocking on the door asking where the bills are going to be paid, not very long ago, 
you've been down there. It, it is possible to come all the way back up, even with a with a stadium which only holds eleven thousand people. So, uh, you know that, and and the, there is a strong argument at the moment for saying there should be more uh, clubs promoted from from the number five yeah. to number four um, because number five is so strong at the moment. Um, but that's you know that's a, that's a different debate, not for an FA Cup uh, weekend. <laughs> but um, w- what isn't um, I don't think off the table are the thoughts of people who have actually been watching this game for a little while, as long as I say um, they don't yearn for muddy pitches and and balls which weigh about 14 kilograms anymore. You know, as long as you accept that football today is probably faster, more skillful, more athletic uh, and more pleasing on the eye than it's ever been. And, I, and maybe it is then I think um, your experience of what it was like and what it has been like is is still of value in a commentary. Yeah, I'm sure we could talk about many things, including why why four <laughs> teams get promoted. Do, yeah. <laughs> why do four teams get promoted from League Two? Why is it not three like the rest of them and all these well, different well, issues? Because you've, it's just you've, got, you've got turkeys voting for Christmas, I'm afraid. So <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Clive, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it and hope it all goes well on Sunday. What time does your day start? Oh, um, well, my day started now, really, but I'll probably pop in to see mum on the way. Mum lives d- down in St. Peter's Road, so um, oh, yeah. I, I'm, it's a birthday the weekend after, so I'm back down for a birthday, um, oh, which great. is actually on Valentine's Day, would you believe? But oh, um, I will pop my head in and um, and and say hello. And uh, uh, I took her to um, took her to see a different Liverpool match. She's a bit of a uh, a closet. Um, a Reds fan, and um, I took her out for lunch um, the day Liverpool came down and, and, and arranged for Stephen Gerrard to come and surprise her while we were having a bit of lunch, and he walked in. She's still got the photograph. She, she loves wow. him more than far more than she loves me. I'm her only child. And um, so it, it, there's a framed photograph. And that one of those big hotel, big old-fashioned hotels on, on West Cliff there, um, we, we, uh, we went and had lunch there, and uh, I arranged for him to come in and surprise her. So um, and then I took her to the, to the game and uh, Liverpool definitely won because um, uh, Max Fitzgerald, who's uh, the big friend, who was the media officer yeah. now at Wolverhampton, who was the media officer down there. Um, he arranged for a couple of seats in in the main stand and she stood up and cheered when Liverpool scored. I was you know, quite able to do that anymore. <laughs> no, not really. It might have been the 4 0 when uh, I, I remember Liverpool putting four past us once. It uh, might have been. It, was quite it, it wasn't a nice day. It was quite, it was an evening match. So maybe oh, not. an evening but, one. But uh, Liverpool won. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, I'll pop in to see mum and um, uh, yeah, I'll, um, I, I mean, I'll be on the road, I don't know, uh, 11 o'clock, something like that. Mm. Well, we'll be looking forward to hearing your dulcet ch- uh, your tones talking over a 3 0 Bournemouth win at the weekend when we watched will the highlights. Will it sell out? Will, 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 will Bournemouth fill it or not? Uh, I'm not too sure. I think they are, they're going on the marketing drive because when a person buys a ticket, they get a point, which could be useful for Premier League football next year. So that's the kind of slant they're going for. Yeah. But I think they're about 75% of the way there. So there are still tickets oh, available. Oh, great. The I think Bournemouth would have sold out. It needs anyway. to be for the cup then. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, when it's on terrestrial television, it is, you know, that's one of the down sides but um yeah hopefully you fill it so hopefully you, if the victory is uh, suitably good you can listen when you go home <laughs> clive thanks very much for coming on really appreciate okay, it okay thank you take care good luck thank good luck you. with promotion thank you 
Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant to hear from Clive Tildesley there. Absolutely superb. And uh, I'm sure we'll get him on again. Should be a good match next week against Bournemouth. Hopefully a chance to score a few goals and get that confidence back up again. So thanks so much for tuning in to episode 148. We're closing in on our century and a half. Well, to be honest, if you're a regular pod listener, you'll know that we've numbered some episodes slightly differently. And also we did our Euro, so we've actually done more than 150 podcasts. However, for the sake of argument, we're nearing 150. Next week, it's all about Boreham Wood, but also we'll be covering our match against Birmingham City as well. So you've got a Vidal Sassoon, two in one, wash and go. Fingers crossed, it won't be cup chaos. Until the next episode, you've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Beyond Walker. Q. Q.